0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Stories
1: of that game and what happened in the clubhouse is fantastic. There's no game that can bleep you like this one! <laughs> it's Roycey on baseball. Let's go! Here. The most forgotten great Twins team in history. The 1970 Twins. Now, 69, they are well-remembered in Twins lore because Billy Martin was the manager, right? And uh, they, they had had a poor season in 1968. After the great race of 67, they had a poor season at 68. They brought in Billy. They uh, won 97 games, and they became the first-ever champions of the AL West, then got swept by Baltimore, and Billy got fired. But the nineteen seventy team actually uh you know, with a new manager building everybody you know, if you remember if you're talk to twins old old timers of my age, everybody remembers all the people who said they were to never go to another game because Billy got fired. And there's some people who kept that vow. I mean he was immensely popular. I guess we like miserable little drunks, but uh that's uh they love Billy. But the nineteen seventy team uh, Bill Rigney, who had managed the Minneapolis millers in the fifties when he was with the, uh, when they were a Giants farm club, a New York Giants farm club. And then, then he managed the California angels. He was the first manager of the California angels and had some amazing, like 62, uh, the 62 angels are second every year. They were in the race for most of the summer. And, and then Rig, who was a very loquacious, friendly, outgoing guy uh was hired in 70 and that team went ninety-eight and sixty-four. They won the West easy. And uh Rodney Carew, I can't remember who slid into him, but they he ended up having to have knee surgery and uh got knocked out of the out of the uh lineup for that twins team. He played 51 games. He was hitting 366 wow. when he got hurt. When he got hurt that year. But that team, Killebrew, was 41-113 and 113 that year. Uh, 41 homers, 113 RBIs. That was a lot of RBIs back then. Tony was 23-107. and 107. Cesar Tober was a leadoff hitter. He scored 120 runs. Uh, that was a, a hellacious ball club. And uh, Leo Cardenas had come in. And even though his uh, batting average wasn't fantastic, he went 11 and uh, 65. He replaces Zoylo. They they let Zoylo go a year or so earlier, and he went 11 and 65. He was a really great player for that Twins team. And Jim Perry won the Cy Young award. Jim Perry, who when he first came here, he was a spot starter for years. He he like pitched sixty fifty games a year, thirty relief and twenty starts. He was the fifth starter. In the four starter era, and uh, Cott, I mean, he had a great year. Jim Perry was the you know the Cy Young Award winner, twenty four and twelve. Pitched two hundred and seventy eight and two thirds innings, and uh, he would give up some home runs. That guy, how many he give up? He usually did. Yeah, he gave up twenty six, but he, uh, he 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 walked fifty eight guys all year in two hundred and uh, you know two hundred and seventy eight innings. He threw it over. Cott was still good. And a uh, young Dutch lead hander came up in uh, May. Uh, twenty, uh, I think he was twenty twenty years old. Wow, came up in May and was good too. Uh, he was, uh, you know, ten and nine with a three one eight ERA, but one hundred sixty four eddies and he was just a kid. He was. Uh, I remember reading about him in spring training, and Rigney was in love with him, uh, and. Uh, it was basically Calvin was always going, to oh, he's too young, he's too inexperienced. He was only a couple of years out of high school, basically. Mm. And then right knee, somebody got hurt. I think Boswell or, uh, or Tion was supposed to be the fourth and fifth starters, and they both kind of broke down, and then they called up Burton. And, uh, and the rest is uh, history on there. But that team, you go back and look at that team, also the, the closer, Ron Paranowski. Who they gotten the, from the Dodgers, and he had 34 saves that year and pitched as a closer 111 innings. <laughs> and this was after Mott, you know, this was before Mott. Yeah. Who, of course, he pitched his closer one year 167 Just for fun. Yeah. yeah. But Paranowski pitched 111. Wow. So this is, they weren't closers in 1970. That was not the term, they were stoppers. They called them stoppers back then. And so that meant if you were ahead three to two in the seventh inning with two on and one out, and you really wanted to win that game, they'd bring in Paranowski. And he pitched two and two thirds. And they, they that's the way they did it in the 60s, uh, five with Al Worthington. You know, he sometimes pitch three innings or more as as the closer, and then the next day somebody else had to have the duty. But, uh, yeah, he had uh, he had 34 saves, and well, Stan Williams, who was a big right-hander, who was a hot-shot uh, phenom for the Dodgers, who was going to be the next Drysdale. It never worked out that way, and the Twins got him along with Paranowski, and he had 15 saves that year, too, so uh, they were that team was good. They were good. And of they met course, the Orioles were fantastic.
0: Yeah. And uh, that might
1: have been the Orioles team that won 108. I'm not sure. But uh, they ended up getting swept by the Orioles. So the, the 69 and 70 Twins were both really good. But the Orioles were at their zenith then, and uh, and they, they swept them both times. Wow,
0: yeah. Uh, Orioles won 108 cool. games that year, Pat.
1: Yeah, 108, yeah. yeah. Again – Where are my car keys? I remember the oil in 108 games (laughs) in 70 off the top of my head. If if the sulfur wasn't in my hand, I couldn't find it.
0: And sometimes you lose your readers on your forehead.
1: (laughs) Yes, I do. I've been known to do that.
0: I've been known to walk all over with
1: with my glasses in my hand, saying, Where the hell did I put those glasses? Unreal, but yeah, I thought, I, I couldn't remember if it was the 118 team or not, but uh, that was a great Oriole team. And, did not they get beat by uh, the Pirates, right? Did not they lose that World Series to the?
0: A 70, the Orioles won that World Series.
1: Oh, 70, they did win. Okay, who'd mm-hmm. they beat? Uh, who they win that? That was their, uh, who'd they beat that
0: year in 70? Uh, over the Reds. Okay. Cincinnati. Oh, they beat the Reds.
1: They beat the Big, red machine, big red machine the Big Red Machine. Yeah. And then before the Big Red Machine, that, well, I think the next to the Big Red Machine went and eight, 8-0 eight and at all. series. Two to so, so, so straight switch. Wow. So, maybe somewhere in there, anyway.
0: Well, Pat, we're, yeah. ra- we're running on time for the radio show, but let's give a little bonus for the podcast listeners because there are a couple names here that I could not see on this team sheet and not bring them up. The first would be Minnie Mendoza. Then Charlie Manuel was on that 1970s Twins. And, of course, want to give you a platform to talk about Cesar Tovar. Cesar
1: Tovar. You'd already okay. mentioned uh,
0: Burt Blylevin and Louis Tiant and that whole gang, but there were a couple names there that jumped out of the page to me.
1: Well, in 69, uh, when Moulton became manager, and Bob Allison was sort of on his last legs, uh, Charlie Manuel was this. This is the, the era of 15 position players, sometimes 16. Okay, so Charlie Manuel was a young left-handed hitter that Martin loved. Uh, was not considered a hot prospect, and they also had a uh, young left-handed hitting guy that they didn't know whether they should play him in third base or they, they thought they were loaded at third base.
0: So they played him in
1: left field, too. A guy named Greg Nettles uh, was uh, oh, in, in 1969. The platoon, Martin had the goofiest platoon of all time. Allison against lefties and then either Nettles or Manuel against righties okay. based on who the opposing pitcher was. And uh, and Nettles uh, was, uh, the kids had turned around and traded him to Cleveland, I believe. They traded him to Cleveland before he went to the Yankees. I think he went to Cleveland after 69. So then Charlie was still around in 1970. And, uh, yeah, Charlie was uh, – he didn't have that many attacks when you look back. He, he was a character because uh, the local media got into Charlie. They called him Cornbread Charlie because of uh, the West Virginia – you know, this old West Virginia Hill, Billy really
0: and it was not an
1: act of him.
0: yes. Correct. He's
1: from some place in West Virginia, nowhere. And I believe his wife was named Beulah, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. His first wife, I think she was. She's from West Virginia, and I think she was named Beulah. But uh, maybe he was in West Virginia. I'm not sure, but he was his character, yeah. And he'd get some at bats, but he never really. Uh, he never hit. You know, he was a. BP spring training wonder. He would, you get a mediocre pitch and Charlie would kill it. Uh, but he never really hit that much in the big leagues. He ended. Up, he went over to Japan and was fantastic over there. He was going to be their MVP one year, and he was going to set their home run record over there. And they did like it, and they hit him in the head.
0: Oh. gave him
1: a gave him a basically a concussion, and then missed the whole season. They threw at him. But uh that's a, that's another story. But yeah, Charlie was there and of course Tobar was uh you know, scored a hundred and twenty one runs. He was uh you know, you gotta remember this is the year when seven hundred some runs is really good, right? Yeah. And uh he scored hundred and twenty, was a great leadoff guy and could you know, he knew how to score a run. He was uh, he'd get hit by a pitch, he'd steal he moved to third and you know the the manufacturing runs even with that great lineup and all that power and uh, and I think by then in '70 he was the uh, the uh, they're playing him in center field all the time and then it's, you know he was corner outfielder play everywhere uh, but uh, just a you know for that era you can go back and look at on base percentage and stuff and not be that impressed with him but uh, that era you wanted to. He wanted your speed at the top of the lineup and uh you know if he you threw a ball inside he let it hit his elbow and ran down to first base and
0: uh, he was a great little
1: player for the twins and uh should be in their hall of fame but uh I don't know if uh if he, if I can get him in that hall of fame uh, I'll I'll be very happy. So but I've I gotta admit I haven't worked as hard for him as I did on Camilo where I threatened to uh Storm the uh, ballot box to uh, make sure they got <laughs> the ball. And uh, Tommy, Tommy, with a little lefty, weighed 150 pounds, and he was in the bullpen until uh, when they until uh, Blyle, uh, Boswell and Tiant got hurt, and they started starting him. So he, I think, he was the opening day pitcher the next year. One of those, he, he was their opening day pitcher one year. Hmm. Little lefty threw. So, uh, he only weighed 150 pounds. His nickname was The Blade, and uh, he was pretty good. He was uh, never, you know, he just didn't have the durability to be a big-time pitcher. But he threw, you know, probably 95 back then, which was pretty live. And uh, and that was, he was known for his fastball, and Tommy Hall was a, he was a, another good pitcher on that team. That was a really good team, I'll tell you.
0: And you're we right. I don't remember him. He gets forgotten. He had, he,
1: uh, we don't remember them because they had a sane manager as opposed uh, to the previous manager who was certifiable. Uh, and in fact, have you seen this show on uh, ooh, uh, Killing Eve? Have you watched this show, Killing Eve?
0: Nope, I have not yet.
1: Okay, it's
0: about a uh, a uh,
1: young woman assassin in uh, who's traveling around Europe and she's about 25 and uh, she's. She's a she's a psychopath, and but a kind of an engaging psychopath, you know. <laughs> sure. And her rival is Sandra Oh, is the one trying to chase her down all the time. And but but uh, she had one line where Sandra Oh and her in the same place, and she says, "I think you're a psychopath." And this woman, the the, the assassin, looks at her and says. You should never tell a psychopath they're a psychopath. It upsets them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Billy, Billy was sociopath, not a psychopath.
0: So, sure. Anyway, sure. Billy interesting.
1: Was, but Rigby was a Rigby was a big, was a, a veteran uh, manager, a gregarious guy, and uh, and he had a hell of a time in seventy. And uh, that's, that team is forgotten in Twins lore, that's for sure.
0: And Rigney hung around for a couple of years with the Twins, right?
1: Yeah, I think he got to the at in, was it, 72 or 3? I'm not sure. That's when Calvin, you know, they they hit the skids because Harmon got hurt, Tony got hurt. Yep. And he uh, and hit the skids. 72, Tony only played 10 games, I believe. That's his bad knee. And Harmon's foot was bad by then. And uh, they were going down the tubes. I guess it was the middle of '73. They fired, uh, they fired Rigney and, and the promoted Frank Quillacy, who was coaching third, real young guy. I don't Frank wasn't late '30s in. And that's when Calvin has his because the fans had stopped coming to the ballpark. And Calvin's quote was, "I guess they want an Italian as a manager because Billy had been an Italian."
0: Yikes! And uh,
1: Calvin, Calvin based on. on Ethnicity instead of the fact that he made so many fans mad by firing Billy. Although Billy, the immediate impact wasn't uh, the attendance was about the same the next year because they had the same ball club. They they basically were they were the uh, Giants of the initial AL West those two
0: years. Well, Pat, I'm not saying there is a lot of good news to come from a global pandemic, but one minor silver lining is I get to learn about these. Historical twins teams, and it's been a lot of fun. So, thank you for taking us down this memory road.
1: Yeah, that team, go back and look at that team, folks. That was a really, uh, that was a team in 1970 twins. And if
0: Rodney had got hurt,
1: you get a guy who's, uh, you get a guy who's hitting 366, hurt in early June. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> right? I'll in say. Late, late, late May? Yeah, he was hitting 366. Same with Tony, by the way. Tony in, uh, in 71. Was hitting. I think I mentioned this last week or week before. But Tony was
0: when he ruined his
1: knee diving for a ball out in Oakland. He was hitting in the threes. He was leading the American League by like about forty points.
0: Wow. Three
1: sixty, three seventy, hitting in the three seventies, and he won the batting title that year when he couldn't move. And this is before the DH. He won the. They He missed some time and they brought him back, and I think he ended up hitting three thirty two. But he was he was on his way to hitting 360, 370 before he got hurt. Wow.
0: Anywho, well, Pat, I always enjoy these, and I look forward to finding another random Twins team to hear Ricey talk about next well, week.
1: We've been we've been talking about the good ones. I'll find you some really stinker ones.
0: Yeah. We're both so. Pat, you and I. We're both going to need a distraction from the NFL draft this coming Monday. So that'll yeah, give us something yeah. to talk about. All right, sir. Thank you much, we Pat. We'll talk, talk to you then. Okay. Goodbye. This has been a Score North Twin Show. Patrick Royce on baseball. For Patrick Royce, I'm Derek Wetmore. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Claudia's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. I had just moved to a new city and barely even knew where the grocery store was yet. When my car wouldn't start one morning, I didn't know who to ask about local shops. But I remembered a name from back home, O'Reilly Auto Parts. I called and they pointed me to a great mechanic just down the street. Now, I feel a little more at home.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly.